Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. And we definitely can say that spring has finally uh, sprung. We've got some really lovely weather at the moment. We have for the last few days. And as I mentioned, their temperatures today could hit highs of 15 degrees uh, Celsius. And the remainder of the week, uh, we'll see the warmest weather of the year so far. The only thing is, don't want to be the bearer of bad news, it's not going to last too long because at the weekend, the temperatures are going to go quite low, minus one degrees Celsius at uh, night. But we do have this lovely dry, warm weather and we have it for today and tomorrow. Dry and warm, dry and sunny on uh, Sunday. But then... Oh, sorry, dry and sunny on Saturday and then it's Saturday night the temperatures are going to dip and we'll end up actually with a sharp frost on Sunday morning and then Sunday it'll be dry and sunny again but the temperatures will be down to between 7 and 9 degrees uh, Celsius and similar weather has been predicted for the first half of next week but I think once it remains dry and sunny you can wrap up warm if the temperatures dip a little bit but certainly this wonderful sort of 12 to 15 degrees Celsius for the next couple of days so let's get out if you can get out and enjoy it and when I say get out get out social distancing keeping your two metres away from people find a nice quiet place to walk and lots of people are getting out walking uh, early in the morning or later in the evening when it is a little bit quieter I mean certainly when I'm coming to work every morning I'm spotting people out walking their dogs and uh, people seem to be in good form which is that's we've got to stay positive we really 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 have to stay positive and actually on on staying positive a lovely text just in from a bearer listener saying good morning Patricia I hope you are well just on a lighter note and to lighten the mood while all this COVID-19 pandemic is going on I was talking to a friend and she told me that some people have put up their Christmas lights I think it's a great idea uh, to get people into a better mood even if people put lights or a candle in their windows which I have done I think it will also help brighten people when it comes to their mental health keep up the good work and this from a bearer listener thank you for that and I know when we were on St Patrick's Day which seems ages ago and it's only 10 days not even 10 days ago we had Margaret from Mallow who was on and she was suggesting that people put a light the Christmas light the the, you know, the candle the candelabras the battery operated ones or the electric ones to put those in the window and she was doing it as kind of a beacon of light for St. Patrick's night and I certainly did I have one of those electronic candles I got it at Christmas and, and I put that into the window but I didn't know that people are putting them up permanently having sort of the Christmas lights in the window or outside the house just to 
to sort of add a bit of lightness, yeah, and we can all do with a little bit of lightness and a little bit of brightness at the moment for sure. Now, John Paul and Sadie are taking your calls this morning. If there's anything you want to share with us, anything you want to, us to check out for you, we're having a lot of people contacting us with uh, queries and we're doing our best to get the correct information. That's what we're trying to dispel a lot of the myths that are out there and a lot of the wrong information that is out there. So 1850-333-103 if there's anything you want to t- discuss with, with us, John Paul and Sadie, as they say, taking your calls and you can text or WhatsApp to 86 and of course we're also you can email Patricia at c103.ie Now I imagine there's a lot of very confused people out there at the moment because the 40,000 patients who were suspected of having the coronavirus by their GP in the past week they and they were waiting for a test waiting to be called for a test they are now discovering that they are no longer eligible for that test. Now, if you are one of those 40,000 people, you must still behave as if you have the virus. You still need to self-isolate. You still need to stay at home uh, for 14 days, as will any other members of your household. But GPs, of course, were informed yesterday morning that the health service was abandoning the previous strategy and the previous strategy had been test, test, test. Anyone that turned up at a GP practice who was showing any signs of colds or flus or anyone that contacted GP practice, the GP, the advice that was given from the Department of Health was send those people for uh, tests. But the dramatic tightening of the rules around testing w- will mean for 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 now, uh, GPs will only refer a patient for the coronavirus test if they have a fever and they also have a respiratory si- symptom. And a respiratory symptom will be either a cough are that the patient is suffering shortness of breath. They will also have to fall into specific groups. Now, the specific groups includes people with underlying illness. It also includes health workers and it also includes anyone who has been in direct contact with a patient who's already tested positive for coronavirus. The new approach by the health bosses will, it follows on from the WHO advice adapted to the Irish situation and of course we know we heard the news yesterday two more people sadly have died from the uh, virus and another 235 people tested positive so our total now of positive cases is 1,567. 49% of those are thought to be community transmitted. They're not linked to anybody travelling outside of the uh, country. But the problem was we had this backlog of people who the GPs had referred for screening. 40,000 people. Um, And that was causing a huge problem for the testing centres. There are now... 39 patients in intensive care with coronavirus. Now that's a jump of almost 20. There was only 17 this day last week. That's gone to 37. And that's the figure I think that we most have to focus in on. I think people have been sort of focusing on the number of cases that were testing positive and obviously there's a huge concern about the number of people that are dying from coronavirus but it's the patients that are in intensive care because they are the ones obviously who medical staff are most worried about but they're also the ones that are going to put the, the our hospitals if, the, if there's an increase in the number of people going into intensive care it's just going to put huge, huge pressure on all of our hospitals. The Chief Medical Officer, Amanda, we're all 
has almost become a friend of ours now because we're seeing him on a daily basis on the news, Dr Tony Houlihan, yesterday. He's defended the decision to narrow the criteria for testing and to focus on this priority group. He said the system simply was not able to cope with the number of people that were coming forward for tests. I think it was on Friday alone, 20,000 people came forward for a, a test. And then when you look at the number of people that have been tested to date, only 6% of the people have been tested testing positive. That's the 1,564, which means 94% of people didn't have the coronavirus. They were, some had the normal winter flu or another kind of a virus or another kind of a head cold. So 94% of people, so out of every 100 they tested, 94 didn't have it, only 6 did. So we're, we're not managing to get, to get to the people that the health officials genuinely believe do have coronavirus and are out there in the community. So they say changing the case definition is, by the way, a standard practice in managing pandemics. Uh, this has happened in, in, in other countries. This is the way they've, they look at a model. They see if that's, wor- if that's not working, then they have to recognise it's not working and let's do something else. They say ultimately they want the 6% detection rate to increase. They want to find the men, as many people as possible with COVID-19 if they can find them isolate them then obviously they can contain the spread and that's what's best practice that's what's worked in other countries that's what worked in the likes of Singapore so it's worked in Korea and it's what worked in uh, China family doctors are now telling patients that they referred for a test who have not received an appointment to provide a swab they will not now be tested they still need to self-isolate at home from family members from four, for 14 days household contacts of those with symptoms must also follow restricted movements for 14 days. And I don't know if that's a new decision or not. And patients who have received an appointment, this is important as well, if you did get an appointment to go for a swab test, then you proceed as normal. You you will receive a test. But if you haven't been given an appointment, then you are not going to get uh, a test. And patients who haven't received the appointment, but who still think they have COVID-19 and are still worried about their symptoms, you may qualify for a test under the new criteria. What you're going to need to do is you're going to need to have to contact your GP again to be assessed. And if the GP still thinks that you may test positive and that you are eligible, then you will be sent forward. Um, But as of now, you can take it. Your test has been cancelled unless you have an appointment. But the best thing, I suppose, is to contact you, your GP. But I am very conscious that when this decision was made yesterday, my initial reaction was, oh, my God, the number of calls into the GP practices, I'd say, went through the roof yesterday and again today. So do bear that in mind unless you have really, really bad symptoms. Because a lot of people who went forward for testing have been waiting 10 days. They haven't got a test date. And many of those people, whatever symptoms they have, have had disappeared, which meant they didn't have the coronavirus. So they have no need to contact their GP because they know that their symptoms are gone. But if your symptoms are still there and you're still feeling very unwell, then obviously, uh, please make sure that you do contact your GP. And something that's coming out of the United Kingdom that gave me a little bit of hope yesterday and it's one I'm certainly going to keep a close eye on is this talk of a 15 minute test which will show if somebody has been exposed to coronavirus and it could be made 
made available at the moment they're talking about it in England it could be made available to people popping into their chemist shop they're also looking at an online delivery service for people who are uh, home isolating over in the British government are looking at that they have the British government have bought three and a half million what are called antibody test kits now they're being evaluated this week to determine if they show reliability that someone has had coronavirus and obviously then if they've had coronavirus uh, there's the probability that they have immunity. The test would enable those who have recovered from the virus then to return to work with a little risk to themselves or to others. But the key thing for the Department of Health in Britain is to do this evaluation as to whether the tests are accurate enough to be used by the general public and if they are incredibly accurate, which they're led to believe they are, then they said they will work on the quickest way to release them. But Obviously, if, if, they're, if, they're, if there's a worry about the accuracy, they're not going to use them. But at the moment, they seem quite hopeful that this is the way forward because this certainly could get a lot of people back to work if there was a test available. And it seemingly is a pin, it's a, you know, a pin prick at the top of, you, of your finger. Kind of looks like what I saw online, kind of looks like a little bit like a pregnancy kit pregnancy test kit that's what it looks like but you prick the top of your finger they, they, they take a little blood sample and then it takes 15 minutes and the results come back and the results will come back and it will tell you if you had coronavirus in your system and then it also shows that the antibodies have built up in your system which means you are now immune from it it isn't it won't directly tell you that you've coronavirus now it will tell you that you were exposed to it at some stage and that you've built up an immunity and that could be a real big game changer while we're waiting for a a vaccine to come out. So we'll keep a close eye on it. They seem quite hopeful, certainly in the United Kingdom, that's a way of getting people back to work if we could pinpoint who's immune and who's not immune. Now, I know here in Ireland, Dr Tony Houlihan was asked about this particular test at the press briefing uh, yesterday and what he said, yes, he is aware of it. He said there's no plans at the moment to introduce it, certainly not at this point, because he is not convinced about the reliability of the test. He said if he could find out for sure that it's a very reliable test, obviously, I'm assuming he would be he would be rushing uh, for to, to get it here as well. But it would be fantastic to think you could pop into your local your, your local chemist and pick up this little kit, test yourself at home and find out who's immune and who is not immune. Now, one of the things we are going to be discussing on the programme today is the lack of personal protection equipment, PPEs as they're known as. And in particular, we want to focus on home helps, people who are travelling around to the most vulnerable in our community and they are making sure that these people are staying safe and many of the many of those vulnerable people, of course, are self-isolating, the only person coming in to, coming in to see them on a, a day or a couple of times a week would be their home help. Uh, but the home helps have been contacting us saying that they don't have the personal protection com- equipment, that they don't have the aprons, they don't have the masks. And they're a bit afraid. They're afraid for themselves and they're obviously afraid for their clients uh, as well. But the big problem seems to be, and the HSE are acknowledging this, there is a problem not just with home helps. This is a problem with all of our frontline staff. And the HSE has acknowledged that the availability of personal protective equipment is tight in certain hospitals. The shortage will now see protective equipment redistributed from certain hospitals 
which have more than others. And a new order of personal protective equipment is due to be delivered into Ireland next Sunday. And we're told from the HSE that it contains 11 million masks, half a million gowns and one million set of goggles. I heard Simon Harris yesterday give out an incredible figure. He said that the HSE, they normally spend on this PPE equipment, they normally spend 15 million a year is what they need for gloves and gowns and face masks and aprons, uh, etc. And he said this year the projected spend has gone from 15 million to 240 million. Isn't that incredible? They reckon about 13 years worth of stock they're going to need for this year. And well done and kudos to Aer Lingus because they are flying five of their largest aircraft packed with health supplies from China. They're doing a daily coronavirus mercy mission. Dozens of pilots have volunteered to help with the humanitarian operation um, and all their visas have been sorted in the Chinese embassy in Dublin uh, yesterday. They are expecting to fly to China 60 times over the next number of days and weeks to collect medical equipment which has been ordered by the HSC. So well done to Aer Lingus and well done to the staff, the pilots who have volunteered. As I predicted when I was talking with uh, John Paul and Sadie in the office, the amount of people are going to be so confused and so worried because they thought they were getting a test for coronavirus and now because of the new criteria they're not. Somebody is saying all you now need to have is a high temperature. No, you need to, absolutely that is one of the criteria. You need to have a fever i.e. a high temperature but you also have to have to have a respiratory sy- symptom you either have to have this continuous cough or you need to have shortness of breath a fever on its own won't do but it's a fever with one or the other uh, is what will tick the box for you to go forward for and that's and that's the doctor will have to decide if yes he, he or she thinks uh, it's only right, and, right that you need that he suspects, he or she suspects that you may have COVID-19. Hi Patricia, thanks for keeping us informed. I'm just wondering, I know somebody who was one of those 40,000 waiting on a test, had had all the respiratory cough and the temperature, now told they don't need it because they didn't have or they don't have a temperature anymore, but they have an underlying condition with cough and respiratory problems. I suppose the doc, and I'm assuming that person has gone back to the doctor or has been triaged over the phone with the doctor. The fact that the fever has gone means either they've had COVID-19 and it's they've gotten through it because you see there will be a lot of people that's why that test I was talking about that pinprick test that they're looking at in the United Kingdom to test whether you had it or not a number of people will have when we come out of this crisis a number of people will have had the coronavirus and because the symptoms maybe were not that severe and they managed to work through it or people waited so long for a test they worked through it themselves so there will be people will will have had it got through it and out the other side and they're okay very possible in that case that that is what is, what has happened but I, I'm assuming when you say they're not now getting it they've got back to the doctor if they haven't got back and got back onto the doctor I would suggest ringing the doctor again but you need to keep a look out you need to have the high temperature the fever must go with this cough or some kind of difficulty in breathing so check back in if you're concerned in any way uh, check back in with your doctor uh, Hi Patricia this is from Mark could you tell me what's the situation with this please I, I temporarily finished up at work last Friday due to my employer shutting down because of the coronavirus pandemic I immediately applied for job seekers allowance that day online the emergency pandemic 
payment which was brought in the following Monday but I was assured by my employer I don't I didn't need to do anything else as it was the same as job seekers that I'd applied for I collected my first payment on Tuesday at the post office now I have a job to return to whenever God willing all this blows over do I need to contact anyone or do I need to do anything different and that is from Mark okay initially when they introduced that COVID-19 payment we were told that it was in place for six weeks and that if your place of work didn't reopen after six weeks, you would then have to apply for job seekers benefit. But that's changed now in that the new payment they've introduced is for 12 weeks. So I'm assuming we might get back on to social welfare just to get clarity on this. I'm assuming you don't, you will not need to do anything until the end of the 12 weeks. Now, you're not going to be on your own. If this country is still in this partial lockdown at the end of 12 weeks, there's going to be so many people in the very same situation. You've been on this emergency pandemic payment. The 12 weeks are up. What do we now do? Do we stay on that? Do we switch over to job seekers? So I'm assuming we will get some kind of direction from the Department of of Social Welfare. But in the meantime, we will get on to the mark. But certainly as of now, you do nothing. You'll receive that payment. It has been extended from six weeks to uh, 12 weeks. Let's see what will happen at the end of the 12 weeks. Wouldn't it be great if we were saying at the end of the 12 weeks everybody's back to work and they can come off that payment. But as of now, no, you've you've nothing you've nothing else to do. And good to know that your payment has arrived because we were trying to check that last... Yesterday somebody was wondering they hadn't heard and hadn't received payment yet. So there's Mark who received his payment on Tuesday having applied last Friday a week. And, you know, when we're talking about all the heroes and the people that are going above and beyond the call of duty and how fantastic the people in the hospitals are and the people that are working in the supermarkets, you know, who are just working much harder than they normally work. Spare a thought for the people that are working in the social welfare offices, the amount of paperwork that has landed on their desks in the last few weeks and continues on a daily basis and they're getting through it slowly but surely they're getting through it so uh, let's give a shout out to them as well 1850-333-103 John Paul and Sadie taking your calls we're going to take a break and we're back talking about Home Helps and the problems that Home Helps have sourcing personal protection equipment. Now, since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic, we have been hearing from home helps across the city and county who have raised concerns about a lack of adequate personal protective equipment. Sinn Féin Door Deputy Thomas Gould has also been contacted about the issue and uh, Thomas joins me. Good morning to Thomas. He was there. Good morning, Thomas. He is... Hello. Uh, good morning, Thomas. The bu- good morning. Button, oh, sorry, the wrong button was pressed there. Good morning. Uh, you're welcome uh, to the programme. Uh, can you just outline to listeners what we're talking about here when we're talking about personal protective uh, equipment and what the home helps and carers are actually looking for? Well, what the home helps and carers who have contacted me have said that some people have said they've got absolutely no equipment at all, where others said they've just got gloves only. And what they're looking for is gloves, uh, masks, disposable aprons, and also hand sanitizer. So they're, they're not looking for full body suits or hazmat suits. So what they're looking for is just practical things that 
uh, especially the masks and the hand sanitizers, because as you know, you have carers and you have home health that are going um, to different houses, and their concern is the people they're dealing with are elderly people, people with uh, underlying conditions, um, some of the most vulnerable in society, and that's who the whole helps. Uh, and because of the work that they do, uh, visiting people, uh, making their breakfast, making their dinners, looking after them, that they're keeping these people out of nursing homes and out of hospitals. And to me, I think it's vital that they get the, the personal protective equipment. And a, lo- a lot of the work, Thomas, is very hands-on personal care. So it's not a case that the person could go into the house and stay two metres away from the client. That's 100% correct. A, a, lot of, a lot of the work they do, uh, they're actually helping people out of bed from chairs, um, organising to, to wash them, to clean them. You know, a, a lot of this is it's it's right next to each other, touching uh, and helping, you know. And that's why, to me, I think that home health and carers are frontline staff and they must be considered as frontline staff because the work they do is so vital. And yet when we, because as I mentioned in my introduction, we've been contacted since the pandemic occurred, we've been contacted by a lot of home helps across the city and county. And when we got on to the Cork Kerry Community Health Care, their response was that all members of uh, staff who are visiting somebody in the home have received training on the importance of hand hygiene and regular hand washing. So they basically yes, told them, they've showed them how to wash their hands. Yes, and to me that's not enough. Uh, I, we've raised this matter uh, with Sinn Féin, with the Minister for Health and with the HSE uh, because not alone have I got this issue or have you in one or three of them but right nationally we've had TDs and councillors have been contacted and Louise O'Reilly has raised this a number of times now and what we are saying is we want to support the government and we want to support the HSE and we think this isn't a time for politics. It's a time where everyone pulls together, right? And that's what we're really trying to do. But, but we but, feel we feel in this instance that the HSC have a wrong, and we it's up to us then where where they're making mistakes or where they've got the wrong policy. It's up to us to say, listen, you got this one wrong. To highlight it. But in in the HSE's defence, their current stock of personal protective equipment for healthcare workers is is low. Now, we know there's meant to be a big consignment arriving from China on uh, Sunday. But everything that's there at the moment, the masks, the gowns, uh, the goggles, it's all been directed at frontline staff in the hospitals and understandably so. Yes, well, what we do know is you can get gloves everywhere. Uh, like you can go to supermarkets, you can buy them, you can buy them from chemists. Also, if they can't get hand sanitizers, can they get uh, uh, wipes, uh, bacterial wipes? Like, can they get these disposable gowns, um, you know, the plastic ones? Mm. Like, I, I understand that any personal protective equipment has to be for staff that dealing with patients with COVID-19. I, and listen, we support the HSE in that. But you see, the thing about it, Patricia, home helps and carers are dealing with people who are really vulnerable. I know, I know. And if 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 one of those people get it, there is a chance that you could affect others. And I'm not trying to be um, 
I'm not trying to scare people, but I'm trying to say, to me, home helps and carers must be considered frontline staff because, and hopefully now when this consignment arrives on Sunday, what we're asking the HSC is distribute some of that to the home helps and in fairness Thomas to the home helps who've contacted us it's not that they're worried about themselves you know every single one who contacted us it's the vulnerable people in which they're they're working with they're just terrified of passing it on to one of their clients but the add-on problem that I also foresee is if a home help or a carer gets sick or needs to self-isolate then the HSE has a much bigger problem on their hands Yes, and we actually discussed that with the HSC because to us that's a huge issue. If we were to lose home helps and carers, who then will will be able to keep uh, these these elderly vulnerable people out of hospitals? Because that's that's the side effect. Then um, we know hospitals are going to be under extreme pressure, so it's important that we keep as many people at home as who are able to stay at home. So if people start getting sick, home helps or carers, uh, who will who'll be able to look after these people who are at home? So to me, it just makes, it's common sense. We really want to support the government in the HSC, but we think that, like, and I've been talking to carers and home helps, and they feel, they feel an obligation that they need to do this. And as you said, Patricia, not for themselves, but for their, the people that they their support and their help because a lot of the, this isn't a job at all. A lot of these people have really good bonds and friendship and they're like family and that's why they're so concerned. Yeah. So, and I'm assuming this is a home help. We've been told we don't need masks when we're dealing with people, especially in very close contact, which I think is absolutely crazy, uh, says this uh, listener. And the other, Thomas, the other issue that we're hearing about the student nurses on their placement working on the front line and not getting paid, which seems really, really unfair in the, the current times and what's going on. And we had one young student nurse who contacted us who has her only source of income on the weekend was when she used to work in a nursing home and the nursing home has said to her once you're on placement once you're in an acute hospital setting please don't come back to your job we can't run the risk of you bringing infection into the nursing home so she's losing the money she would be earning on the weekend because of her placement That's correct I raised this issue two weeks ago um, and so did Louise O'Reilly with the HSE and the Minister and at the time when we raised this the point I made was I was contacted by student nurses in UCC and there are 240 third-year students who started placement last Monday. Now, when we raised this issue two weeks ago, we explained to the HSE and the Minister exactly what the student nurse described to you. None of these students now will have any income because all their part-time jobs, if they're not closed down, uh, they can't go back to them because of the, of the chance of contagion or uh, there was affecting other people. So a lot of, like, as we know, students walk to walk their way through college. Mm. So what this as, as so, students in all different disciplines do. Do you know what I mean? That's that that, but, that is par for the course. And we've heard. I know reading in the in uh, Jess Casey in today's Examiner is raising this issue and. Um, Jess is talking about students who've been asked to vacate their digs because they're staying in digs with elderly people and the people are concerned about their own health and the health of their families. So they're asking the young student nurses to move out. And that's something we also raise with the 
with the department because we see like we have hotels empty right across the city now. Like surely we should be in a position where we have nurses or doctors, whether they're student nurses or their uh, medical staff or support staff, that if they can't go home, if they have someone at risk in their home, that they should be able to, we should be able to put them up in a hotel and to keep them separate so that we can protect their families. Because I was contacted by a girl um, and she was concerned because of her mother and because of her grandmother that like, she was going to the COH last Monday and she was worried then about going home last Monday night. And like... She had, like these these student nurses are brilliant because they signed up to become nurses. This like no one thought they'd sign up for this, and every one of them is going out to the hospital. So what we are saying is, and it's not just student numbers either, Patricia. I was contacted by a, a, a student a radiographer who is starting her placement next Monday, and she's in the exact same position. So here we have student nurses, radiographers. Another medical student who we really need in the hospitals, who we, we really want, and like, and we have the minister uh, messing around. Like, even the Taoiseach was on was on the, the news yesterday, being interviewed, and he said they're looking at it. Yeah, like, he I said yesterday the issue of student nurses uh, uh, being expected to work in hospital pay uh, proposals are expected shortly. Okay, yeah, we, so we'll, we'll take, let's take some we, comfort from that, that proposals are expected shortly. That would, would you take from that, that they're, they're, they're going to do, they're going to move on it? Well, we told them two weeks ago, these two nurses start to work Monday. Okay. Well, let's not make a political football out of it. Let's no, just no. highlight it and hope something's done about yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, Thomas, I leave it there. Thank you for that. Thank you very yeah. much. And thanks uh, for joining us. That is uh, Sinn Féin Dáil Deputy at uh, Thomas School. And actually on the government, this is an issue that we, uh, we've we been highlighting on the programme. It's to do with the fuel allowance. And the fuel allowance ends this week and people are saying, would they not extend it until April because it's getting chilly? I did mention that at the weekend. It's nice this week but it is to get cold at the weekend. The government are actively considering uh, a possible extension to the fuel allowance, but nothing has been agreed yet, but it's kind of one of those ones. Watch this space. To everyone who's already trying to do the strange new things we're asking, our message is simple. Please do more. If you think you're already doing everything you can, please do more. And if you haven't fully started to do the things that we're asking, please start now and then please do more. The more we do together, the more lives we can save together. It is literally in the hands of the Irish people. We live in challenging times. Look out for each other and stay safe. Be responsible. Follow COVID-19 guidelines and stay with us. We'll update you with the latest advice and measures from official sources. We're online, on your phone, smart speaker and radio. C103. Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 103 Now, Cape Clear, Ireland's southernmost inhabited Gwilthacht Island, yesterday took delivery of two e cars. And Martino Mayloid joins me to talk about the significance of these cars and what they'll now be used for on the islands. Good morning to you, Martine. Good morning, Patricia. I, How are you doing? I'm very well. Now, when was it decided that Cape Clear would get electric vehicles? Okay, well, actually, this project has been worked on for oh, more than two and a half years now from when uh, myself and someone who was involved with what was rural transport, we made an application to the NTA looking for um, basically a sustainable mobility project on Cape Clear that would involve um, a couple of electric vehicles that would be used in the island 
um, what is now local link service and that we would have um, basically with PV and micro wind and that we would charge those vehicles using that so we would actually have real green sustainable mobility Fantastic. Um, for the public transport. Fantastic. And because the island is so small, it's ideal for electric vehicles. Yeah, absolutely. So basically where we're coming from with this project is that this project, you know, because the island basically is a, a microcosm, I suppose, of bigger communities or bigger areas that we can establish here that you can actually have um, public transport that is actually using real um, green energy, if I can put it that way. Because just because you go out and buy an electric vehicle, um, much as I'm in favour of them, of course, um, it's not really zero emissions unless the electricity being used to charge it is coming from a green source. So, I mean, mm. if you're charging an electric vehicle using, you know, like a petrol generator, well, obviously that's not that's ah. not real green transport. Yeah, yeah. And what, what exactly has been delivered? What are the vehicles? Okay, so what we have are two EMV 200, so the two Nissan Avelias, and one of them, one of them can take the driver plus seven passengers, and the other can take the driver plus five passengers or the driver plus um, four passengers and a wheelchair. So one of them actually went to the UK to have a special ramp fitted and um, so so that we're covered from the point of view of access. Fantastic. And just say, if I could just say, I really want to thank in particular Walter Brennan of Kiri's Nissan in Cork. Walter has been um, working with me on, you know, procuring the vehicles and everything else for over a year now. And um, and just the help that he has given has just been unbelievable. And even he drove one of them down. And the day before yesterday, we drove the two vehicles down from um, a storage yard at, at, at Kiri's Nissan. And they were actually um, kept overnight. Then our good friends in Kevin Cadigan Motorworks, just outside Baltimore, um, let us park them there overnight. And I brought them to Baltimore yesterday morning. And they're are they up and running now and in service? They are not up and running and in service because um, I, having done the training now with with Walter from Kiri's Nissan, have to do that with the with the drivers here on the island. And indeed, there's some paperwork that still needs to be sorted out. These vehicles have been supplied by the National Transport Authority for the pilot project that we're doing on the island. So there's still there's still some some stuff to be sorted out. That's going to take a week or two before islanders will see them um, being used in the service. Now also just from the point of view of distancing you know we just need to we, we just need to obviously we're in very different times now. Yeah. Indeed. And we just need to right so we just need to work out how we're going to you know transition from the existing vehicles to these vehicles and so you know nothing is straightforward now as you know the world is the world is unfortunately a, a very different place. And Absolutely. and and Martin, how how is Cape Clear coping with COVID nineteen uh, pandemic? Okay, so in terms of Cape Clear Island, actually, uh, good timing for me to be doing this interview with you because yesterday um, we got we we got acknowledgement from um, from the Department of Arts Heritage and Gaeltacht, um, who administer, of course, the subsidy for the ferry services. So finally, yesterday, we got acknowledgement that it's okay to have flexibility in the service and to reduce the number of runs. Obviously, you know, obviously there aren't visitors coming to the islands. And, you know, in all fairness, there shouldn't be visitors going to the islands. I know a couple of the islands that are closer to the mainland have had issues that have existed in other places over the last couple of weekends with people um, acting more like it's a holiday rather than a, than a public health um, emergency. 
So the islands generally, you know, without wanting to, obviously, you know, not wanting to insult anybody or anything like that, but obviously... Stay away. Stay away. away. Leave us alone. Let me explain why. Because if you look at the difference between the number of times, the number of, we'll call them transactions, of moving a person that you would have to do, let's say, God forbid, if there's a COVID case on one of the islands, to get that person, depending on the island, of course, but let's say to get that person from an offshore island into an ambulance, for example, on the mainland, you have to get them from where they are down to either a helicopter or a vessel that's going to bring them to the mainland. Then you have the personnel who are, of course, the frontline chief personnel on that vessel or that helicopter or whatever it is, then being exposed to that person. And then you also then, then, then there's another transaction of transferring them from the vessel or the helicopter into an ambulance or whatever vehicle would be bringing them to a hospital or an isolation centre or whatever it's going to be. Yeah, the so, easiest, the easiest so, way is, is, is keep the virus off the islands by people staying away. It's plain absolutely. and simple. Okay, I'm, so, I'm up if I, you, very, very briefly, Martin, I've got to go to News at 11, but go on. Okay, so the ferry service has been cut back now. The ferry service really now is for the islanders and for, you know, key people that may need to come into the island if you need utilities, if there's a problem, or people that may have to come to do some essential work or whatever. And, of course, there are some islanders who do need to go in and out to the mainland, but there's no problem with that because everybody here is observing, you know, is observing the physical distancing and all of the measures set down by the HSE. Well and that's done. What we'll, be doing. We, we'll talk again when times are better and your and your e vehicles are properly up and run, uh, Martine. But we didn't want to let the moment pass without acknowledging that they have arrived on the island. It's a real good news uh, story. Stay, stay safe out in Cape Clear, and thanks a million for joining us. Thank you very much. God bless. Take care, Martino May Lloyd, joining us there from Cape Clear with the arrival of their e vehicles. Eighteen fifty three 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 one zero three. Quick break. Slightly late. Going to news at eleven. The World Health Organization has now upgraded the coronavirus to a worldwide pandemic. Here are some practical ways to protect yourself. Wash your hands properly and often. Cover your mouth and nose when you cough or sneeze. And dispose of used tissues. Disinfect frequently touched objects. Avoid close contact with people who are unwell. Don't touch your eyes, nose or mouth if your hands are not clean. And please follow travel advice from the Department of Foreign Affairs. This message is supported by Irwin's Pharmacy, Shandon Street, Mayfield and Toker. Always looking after your family. For coronavirus updates and information, stay listening to C103. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Some of your calls and commentary coming in. Michael and Mitchestown was on very much in agreement that the marts have closed and he hopes that they doesn't they don't reopen for the duration of the pandemic. He said they need to remain closed for the safety of the staff and for the safety of the public. I think the big problem with the closure of the marts, will we be having an animal welfare issue in that farmers have to get rid of cattle and we had somebody yesterday or the day before I don't know what they have anymore where we're talking about saying that they've got lambs ready for the Easter market and if they they haven't got marts I don't know how they're going to get around it I'm assuming it's been worked on but I would just be fearful that we could end up with and, and, and absolutely people have to be protected first but we don't want to end up the knock-on effect 
can't be an animal welfare issue. We'll keep a close eye on, on that particular story. Uh, Jill says working conditions for nurses and frontline staff absolutely shocking. Nurses are expected to self-isolate for 14 days if they show any signs or symptoms or come in contact with anyone uh, with COVID-19 and they're only paid a flat rate and then when they're working overtime they're not being paid enough, says uh, Jill. We need to look after our nurses. Due to the COVID-19, just been told that the 23rd in a Shannon Steam rally due to take place June Bank holiday weekend has been cancelled. They're not rescheduling it so it means our next Inishannon Steam rally will be held on the June Bank holiday weekend of 2021 which can't come quick enough. You just want to kind of want this year to end, don't you, and put this all uh, behind us. On COVID-19, this is on people worried about the symptoms and now if they're going to get tested or not tested, what do you do if you don't have the symptoms listed, but you could still have coronavirus? Look what happened with uh, Claire Burns. On RTE, she didn't have all of the symptoms. She didn't have the fever, which is the one that they're insisting you must have before you can go forward for testing. She certainly did have a lot of the other symptoms. I mean, she was that very first night when she did her programme, when she was waiting for the test results. She looked very unwell that day, but, you know, she was thinking it was just a really bad head cold or or a type of a winter flu. She thought she had, and it turned out it was COVID-19. But you're right, she didn't have the fever and they are insisting that that is one of the criteria now needed uh, to uh, go forward forward. Uh, Oh, Anne Anne was on to us. Now, I'm assuming there's a lot of other parents and students in the same boat here. Anne's son is attending UL. And obviously all of the colleges are closed, so I'm assuming Anne's son is back home. They've just been asked to pay the remainder of his college fees, which is €527, which is a lot of money. And if you're uh, if the household's income is down because people have been temporarily laid off trying to find €527 Euro, it's a lot of money. Anyway he's been asked to pay for it, it's to cover his accommodation for the ma- remainder of the year. He's obviously not staying in the accommodation due to no college over the virus and I can't see him going back can you any any side of this term anyway Uh, and he's been told he has to pay it and if he doesn't he won't get accommodation in September oh my god talk about being caught between a rock and a hard place that's very very unfortunate and seems can I say very unfair on behalf of the colleges I'm assuming that Anne's son isn't on her own or other parents finding the same thing that colleges are looking for the remainder of the accommodation which is obviously is broken up to you know to help out the parents they don't look for all the money up front they break it up o- over the year it seems really unfair and thank you to Gat on Twitter to at uh, C103 Cork. And this is one worth thinking about. This is with people going forward thinking they have coronavirus and people wanting tests. Uh, morning, Patricia. What a lovely morning. And it is a beautiful morning. I'm just thinking of all the people who suffer allergic, allergic rhinitis, hay fever, scientitis, sinusitis any of those kind of conditions that affect the nose at this time of the year and we're coming into well not quite into hay fever season yet but we will be getting close to it anyway Gat makes the point it makes the eyes red it presents a very runny no- nose it can present with a cough people may start thinking it's coronavirus it's the same as people with that asthma they can get uh, a dry cough the one thing though with the runny nose we do know with the coronavirus if you have a very runny nose you definitely don't have corona- coronavirus you've got something like that like hay fever rhinitis something wrong with your sinuses so you've just got the common uh, cold but Gat is right people will be confusing it and I think that's the reason so many people went forward for testing last week that's how we've ended up with 40,000 people waiting on a test who now all their tests have been cancelled it's to try to get to the people the genuine people with the coronavirus 
what we were doing simply wasn't a working. And we were talking with Martine out in lovely Cape Clear. I know, I know we've heard from Bear Island. We're going to try and, we didn't get to Island yesterday on Bear Island. We'll try and get to her uh, today. And we heard from Shirkin Island last week. And all of those islands are saying to people, please keep away from us. We don't have coronavirus on the island. Many of those islands have elderly population. They're trying to look after them. They're all doing the social distancing. They're all keeping away from each other, even on the islands. And they're trying to protect themselves and their inhabitants. And they're saying to people, look, it doesn't look like we have coronavirus on the islands. And the best way we can keep it off the islands is by people staying away. And people who leave the islands go just for absolute necessities onto the mainland. And they're they're doing all the hand hygiene and the coughing etiquette and all, all of that. And then to hear that visitors are turning up on the islands or trying to go on the islands, it's just very, very unfortunate. And like they can't stop people. They can't, you know, they can't say to people when they try to get on, you're not, you know, you're, you're not allowed in. Because in the normal scheme of things, during holiday seasons, during the summertime, they're more than welcoming. They love to have people visit their beautiful islands. They love to show off their beautiful islands. But this is one time where they're asking people, please leave us alone. You know, it's only for, it's not forever. It's only for a short period of time and life will return to, our, to, to normal. And then John, I don't know what area John is contacting us uh, from, but it's obviously one of our tourist areas uh, somewhere here, probably in West Cork. He said, John says, I've seen an English registered car arrived to a holiday home. Now, the holiday home is close by the house where John lives. He said, I've never seen these people before. So then it isn't somebody who owns a holiday home and have decided to, to come back for a few weeks. I've seen them walking around the town. Are people still continuing with holidays even with the coronavirus going around at the moment and our own Taoiseach has asked us not to travel out of the country and he also the other day asked us to limit the amount of travel we do in that we do in the country but it does seem disappointing if people are still going on holidays but I suppose the situation in England they're taking it slightly differently to us I know that they've had a bit of a lockdown now as in from this week and are people using it as holidays getting on the ferry and deciding we'll go over to wherever it is beautiful West Cork to Kerry to Connemara and they're coming to Ireland instead and the danger is that they're bringing the virus with them I can, I can absolutely see where your concerns are, are coming from John stay safe 1850 333 now some Home Helps and people commenting on my piece that I did with Thomas Gould in the last hour and North Cork Home Helper says well done uh, to Thomas Gould on what on the items that he mentioned uh, we are going out buying masks and gloves ourselves they are talking about social distancing but we can't do that because of the nature of the work that we're doing caring for people we should be given all of this personal protection equipment. We are not we, and we're not at the moment, we appear to be at the end of the ladder, yet we are the ones who are trying to keep these people out of hospital not only now but at all times and it really looks like we the Home Helps are being forgotten about which is uh, which is really, really unfair. Hi Patricia, great show, very informative for everyone at these times, thank you. On the issue of Home Help, help I have a box of masks I've offered Home Helps the masks, but their response is, and this is coming from their direct line managers within the HSE, is that there is no need to wear a mask. This is the excuse I'm being given. Also, I've been told that if we were to cancel Home Helps for a few weeks when we tried to self-isolate, then to get it back again, we were put onto a waiting list. This information is coming directly from the local office. I do not believe that if you have 
been given hours for home help, you should have to wait again to get it back after the pandemic eases. We are in a pandemic and we should be given the option to hold off for a few weeks uh, from home helps calling to our houses. It seems ridiculous. And actually that issue came up. Somebody contacted us about that same issue somebody who's caring for an elderly person and the home help comes in and it's fantastic that the home help comes in but they're nervous because they're self-isolating and because the home help doesn't have the personal protective equipment, doesn't have the masks, they were saying that, you know, they try and cope on their own with the person that they're looking out, looking after and self-isolate for a few weeks. But they were told the same thing, that they'll go to the the home help hours will be taken from them and they'll be put at the end of the waiting list and they'll have to reapply again and they mightn't get the same hours afterwards and they could be months waiting to get allocated home help hours and for that reason they were nervous about saying to the home help, please don't come to the house uh, for, the du- for the duration of the pandemic. Now we got on to the HSC to get clarity on that and I've checked in with John Paul again to say did we get anything back? We didn't. I've asked him to send out another email just to see can we get clarity on that. If families decide that they they want to suspend the home help hours just for the duration of the pandemic, surely they should be allowed to do it and it shouldn't interfere with their hours when the pandemic is over. So we will get on to them again and see if we can get an answer. But certainly we didn't get an answer when we asked them before. 1850 333 103. A Dreamer League pensioner says, Patricia, I am shocked that people are asking for an extension to the fuel payment. Yes, it's a little bit chilly at the moment, but put on an extra jumper if you're cold. The government have enough to be worrying about at the moment and they're desperately trying to find money to pay for everybody who's out of work at at the moment. They shouldn't have to worry about paying for an extra month of fuel allowance. And that's from Ria, uh, who is in Dream League. And she is a pensioner herself. So she feels there's uh, there's enough, uh, the government have enough to be doing. Actually, just on Home Helps, Somebody says the fuel allowance, oh sorry, just on fuel allowance, the fuel allowance runs from the 30th of September to Friday the 10th of April. So it isn't, thank you, I thought it finished up in March. There's another couple of weeks left on it. It's not finishing this week. But there we have an old age pensioner who doesn't feel it should be extended with everything else that the government have to worry about at the moment. And just back on Home Helps, somebody says, Patricia, they need a barrier, this is the Home Helps, between the clients and the uniform. Simple as hand washing, which is what the HSC told us that they've, t- they've told Home Helps to do, just simply isn't enough in this case. They should simply, this is the Home Helps, all refuse to work for they, for their own and for their clients' safety. The HSC may then provide them if they threatened to just pull what they're doing at the moment to pull the service that they are providing. This is from John in Clonakilty. Just a word on all the payments that have been given to people who are temporarily out of work at the moment during what are very unprecedented times. I agree 100% that all these people should be looked after to keep their employment open when this pandemic is all over. But and here is the but. When all of this is over, we will certainly have a recession. The bill will be crazy. It'll be anything from 10 to 20 billion, which will, where will it come from? It will have to come from, from tax and there will be cuts to all services, says John in Clonakilty. There's a very worrying time ahead. Yeah, let's get us over the pandemic, but you're right. And the recession, I think, won't just be in this country, John. It'll be a worldwide recession because it isn't just this country that is suffering. It's every single country 
United, is it 186 countries now have cases of the coronavirus. I've been reading, since another listener, an article about keeping your nails short, not having long nails at the moment, as this harbours bacteria and viruses and also beards to all the men out there. You need to get the, your, get the beards off and the, the women need to get rid of the long nails. I've heard about the nails. I hadn't read up about the beards, but yeah, nails need to be kept as short as possible. And when you're doing, if you look at any of the, the video, the tutorials on how to wash your hands, did we think we need to be told how to wash, wash our hands? None of us were washing our hands right, that's for sure. You really need to sort of check around the nail surface and make sure because the virus can stay under the nails if your nails are anyway long yeah so keep your nails short Joe and Damanway this is on Sky on Sky service on TV am I the only one says Joe and Damanway who didn't get a hold of them this is Sky Island. Their website tells you not to call due to the coronavirus as they're prioritising who they speak to and their live chat is now no longer live. They're happily taking the direct debit for Sky Sports but there isn't any live sports to watch. I've been trying to find an email address also. No joy. joy. Does anybody know how to get hold of them says Joe and Demanway. Joe, we brought this up last week on the programme. What Sky Island were telling people to do was you need to go into your account. You're going to need to know your username though and your password and a lot of people last week when I mentioned this says I don't know what my username and my password is but anyway you go into your account get into your username and your password and you can suspend your Sky Sport direct debit for the duration of the pandemic and you won't lose the service that you have and then it will kick back in when the pandemic is, is over but that's what they were suggesting to us last week I didn't hear of anyone who got through over the phone but let's give it out as a shout out maybe somebody did has anybody managed to speak to somebody in Sky Ireland to suspend the direct debit for the Sky Sports which can be expensive finally uh, Finally got some hand sanitizer, says this texture, but still no gloves for us post men and post women. I had to you have to buy your own. Be more in line for on post to spend the money on proper personal protection equipment instead of pointless stupid uh, postcards ooh there's a postman or postwoman who's not happy at the moment the and actually we're hoping to get on to on post I don't know if we're doing that tomorrow or not but we're hoping to get on to somebody from a post because on post now are broadening out the service that they offer particularly to vulnerable uh, elderly people and people living in rural areas and you know they're doing kind of a drop-in service to see if people need anything and they're talking about delivering newspapers uh, etc and the postcards in case you weren't aware of this, on post are issuing two postcards to every household and you are asked to send the postcard to anywhere in Ireland for free. And it's just a way of keeping in contact. They're, you know, conscious of people self-isolating and keeping away. I got my postcards yesterday. They're two sort of very large green postcards. You've got to cut them in the middle. It comes in one card and you cut it across and you, you can send it uh, to two. I thought it was a nice touch. I thought it was a nice touch, but certainly I, I hear where you're coming from as a worker if you feel you're not getting proper personal protection equipment. And morning, just a little bit of a rant is this texture. I went to Aldi. I don't know which Aldi this was. Aldi this morning, about nine o'clock, a person out walking her dog. The dog pooed on the pavement outside of Aldi. What did she do? Simply walked away. Not good enough. Keep uh, safe. And did... <laughs> Again, you'd love to and you have to be very confident to go over and say, excuse me, beautiful dog, could you clean up after your dog, please? I've never been able to do it. I'd love to have the courage to do it. I've heard of other people that that have done it. But you need to be, you do need to be very, very brave. Colin from West Cork says, just wondering why we are still seeing, are they called chemtrails? You know, the white lines that a jet 
or a plane leaves in the sky. Why are we still seeing in the, in the sky despite all flights being grounded? Any ideas, says uh, Colm. Well, all the flights firstly haven't been grounded. There's a lot of flights going on at the moment trying to repatriate and get people home and others are fighting from Italy today bringing 250 Irish people from Rome and the Italia airlines are sending two planes over because there's about 500 Italians are trying to get back. So at the moment there's a lot of planes in the sky repatriating people. But even when all of that is finished there will still be planes in the sky because cargo has to be delivered and key personnel will still be flying from, from country to country. So while there's a lot of flights have been grounded and a lot of airlines I know Ryanair I think have Ryanair grounded their entire fleet for April and May I think they have there's a lot of flights but there will still be we won't end up with a situation where you'll have no planes at all in the sky uh, Colin because we need to get goods delivered from one country to the other I mean look at what Aer Lingus are doing sending their planes out to China so that we can bring back all the equipment that our frontline services need and Mary says Patricia I have noticed when you're in big when I've noticed when you're in big supermarkets, I was in one in Charleville yesterday, says Mary, that people are throwing the plastic gloves that they're being used when they're using their trolley. They're throwing them when they're finished, either on the ground or back into the trolley. This is so wrong. Why should anyone expect other people to have to pick up the used gloves belonging to somebody else? Why don't they simply take the gloves off put them into the bins provided or else bring them home and put them into your own bin. If nothing else, it's littering. But it's also a potential health issue for the people then who have to go back out and pick up these gloves belonging to somebody else. It's not right to expect others to pick them up. I was taken aback at this practice, especially in the light of COVID-19. Love your show. Please keep safe. Thank you. Uh, you. And thank you, uh, Mary, for that. Okay, please, folks, if supermarkets and some supermarkets have been really good about giving out plastic gloves other people are bringing their own with them would you just dispose of them responsibly there's always bins available at the supermarket put them into the bin 1850 we have Sadie and John Paul taking your calls today you can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103 C103 Jobs PE Global Healthcare, they're recruiting for a pharmacist a medic, in medical information roles and an occupation health nurse that's all to work in Cork. A production operator is wanted for a part-time position that's in the Bandon area and an Arctic driver is wanted with a full clean licence. It's for bulk milk delivery. And experienced roofers and cladders are wanted for immediate start. That's in the West Cork area. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Now, the Health Minister, Simon Harris, has warned people playing a very stupid game over COVID-19 virus after a man and a woman randomly ran up to him on the street and coughed at him and then ran away laughing. It appears to be a sick new craze called the Corona Challenge and it's rapidly spreading across the social media site TikTok. Sadly it's happening here in Cork and Dennis O'Donovan uh, joins me to share his story. Good morning to you Dennis. Good morning Patricia. And you're very welcome to the programme. Now this happened to you last Monday night. Tell us what happened and where you were. Monday night I suppose. Look uh, Trisha I have a dog. Uh, I've always had a dog. I take my dog walking. I'm well known for taking my dog walking. If I don't take him walking my son, my dog is well known around Blarney and um, I, I took him for a walk. I, I kind of uh, took him out and I normally go out at night late around 10 o'clock, half 10 and it's, you can walk around Blarney. It's great under normal times. There's never a problem. You know? 
Um, in the dark, not a problem. I've always felt quite safe. But Monday night, I mean, I bolt this weather now since this happened. I bolt in the toilet, maybe seven o'clock, quarter past seven. So um, I took Rocky out anyway for his usual walk, and um, I can laugh now, but I didn't at the time. But uh, I was taking him around by where we called uh, the, the golf driving range. I was walking along there, and uh, a group of, um, I saw about maybe seven or eight, nine youths coming towards me. And some of them had actually masks over their face. And I said, oh, they're being very responsible. But as I was passing, one of them pulled down the mask and coughed at me and uh, made a big joke, big laugh. You know, it was, uh, uh, it was look, to be honest with you, it was frightening. I was shocked. It was a shock more than anything else that somebody would do that to you. What, um, a- what age group, Dennis? I would say 16, 15, 17. It's very hard to figure out because... You know, they had hoodies up and they had jackets and, you know. And, and the one thing I noticed, these guys were well-dressed. Like, these had the best of runners. It's something I noticed coming towards them. They had the, I'm kind of a people watcher. These guys were no poor man's son, I'll put it that way to you. Do you um, reckon they were locals? Oh, I have no doubt about it. I have My no God. doubt about it. They're locals. They're, look, there are locals doing it everywhere. It's not just that. It's happening everywhere. I, I didn't realise at the start I wasn't going to say anything. I came home. I was shocked. Um, I have an underlying health problem. I have high blood pressure, hypertension uh, since my wife died. God rest her, had that. And um, look, you know, I came home and took my blood pressure. And it was just through the roof, so I was worried. Um, but look, you'll be disappointed. I'm over it now. I'm getting there. But look, you'll be disappointed. That's what happened. But when it happened, it. when it happened to you, were you unaware that there was this social media craze? Start oh, completely, completely. And you know what? Um, I rang a friend of mine and told her, and she was shocked and upset. And she, she, I, I said maybe message, message, messaged her first, and then she rang me, and uh, we talked about it. And uh, I know, look. It was nice. To t- I didn't want to upset my family. Uh, my daughter is is walking from home. She's had fibrosis and she's had a very serious uh, health problem last year. So I I didn't want to upset her. Um, my son is walking away. He's out walking. He's still walking. He's walking in the airport. So you know I didn't want to be upsetting people. So I, I rang a friend of mine. So I probably shouldn't have rang her either. But. Um, you so, needed to talk to somebody, though. Absolutely, yeah. and I didn't know. But then I saw this post on Facebook about happening this women, and I just shared. Say, look, it happened to me tonight as well. And I suppose the reason I said that was I don't want the old people going open their own. Uh, no, to old people to get happened to hope either. You know, I look, I'm seventy one. I'm fairly fit. I walk a lot, and I'm healthy. But would you take on a seven or eight young? No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. Anyway, even though no. I had a walking stick and, and I saw your I I saw your post up on Facebook and you know and I saw some people's reaction you know you should have given them a good kick and you know but you can't take on a group like that you could end up in a much more serious situation absolutely and these guys don't fight fair I mean we all know the way teenagers don't know they kick people on the ground and you could end up dead or something and nothing I'm not exaggerating that. We've all seen it, you know. But look, and so far, two people have been arrested over two separate incidents involving coughing at at Gardaí. So it's they're not just targeting elderly people. I mean, it's, as I mentioned in the introduction, they targeted Simon Harris. Gardaí are being targeted, and the Gardaí now, Dennis, are saying to people, if it happens, report it. I mean, they're taking it really seriously. Absolutely. Well, Patricia, I did report it. I did report you? It to, yeah, I did. Well, uh, when you were in the local Gardaí here, it bounced the ground or the headquarters, whatever. And I spoke to a, a, a lovely Vanguard. I explained my situation. 
explain. These guys disappeared very fast for some reason. They, had, they were going somewhere. I think they might have had a couple of candles as well, so they were heading maybe for a, what they know called bushing. Mm. But I did ring the guards in Granabraha and said, and she was very helpful. But look, I explained what they looked like, you know, in the, in, in the twilight of the evening, you know, how long is a piece of string? I couldn't describe them very well. But um, no, she did say their hearts are broken. Look, anybody who would spit in the guard's face, and I believe not this face, so yeah. God, these people are, you know, they're at the front line. They're dealing with, ah, oh, look, I, I just can't believe it. Like, I mean, I I lived all my life in Barney, except for a couple of years, and it's a great place to live. And, you know, I have lovely friends here and great people living here. But the, the, the disappointing thing is that this will happen in your own. I, I'd be very slow to go in the dark anymore now. You know what I mean? And that's a shame. Very slow. That's that's and a shame that that's absolutely. But you're right. You're you're, you're right because you, you need to look after yourself. But we also, Dennis, parents have to start taking responsibility because well, you know they, they're somebody's sons and daughters. Like where parents need to know what their young people are getting up to. Parents need to talk to their kids about how stupid this craze is. Yeah, absolutely. And I think they need to sit down and explain to them what's happening out there properly. They can read it on social media. But I think when it comes from your father or mother, it makes a difference. And explain. Lots of these kids have grandparents. And, yeah. you know, I think about, was it about 70% of the country are on high blood pressure medication. And that's an underlying, that's a major problem. If you get a fever, your blood pressure goes through the roof. For the best of my knowledge. And it's, more, well, it's one of the risk factors. It's one of the, if you, oh, if you suffer with high blood pressure, you're in the at-risk category. Absolutely. And when I came home, I have a, a home monitoring machine here because my blood pressure. I've had to, in recent times, I've had to uh, be driven into um, South Dock at 3 o'clock in the morning. Well. And I would wake up with high blood pressure. Uh, for some reason, I don't know. It was spiking, but I think it's under control now with medication. Good, uh, good. Change the medication, but look. And come here, tell us about tell us about Rocky. What kind of a dog is Rocky? Is he oh, a big Rocky Rottweiler? Is, Rocky is not. No, no, no. Rocky is a He's he's um he's one of the best guard dogs you could have. He's actually a fan. He's a cross between the Springer and a Footbagger. Oh, and of course. He has the trace of both breeds because if I was reared on my life with Harrier, my grandfather was a founder member of Lanny Harrier, so my father before he got sick, um, was a Harrier man. I was reared with Harriers and, uh, and and hounds in particular. But Rocky, like a springer, he loves the water, but he loves to hunt rabbits as well. Rabbits as well. But he's a bit small, so he never catch them. But look, he's a fantastic watchdog as well, and I have him since he was a pup. And, uh, How long you know, do you have him? Oh, God, he's nearly 13 now. So, Whoa, fine. Um, yeah. A lot of people in Brownie know Rocky. And <laughs> if they know, if they know, they know him. They know Rocky know as well, as good as they know Dennis. He's a salty little bastard. No, excuse my language, but he is. But you know, Trisha, something struck me there. <clears throat> Growing up in Brownie long ago, and I think it's one of the new laws they should have brought back in. They should have allowed the guys to be able to give somebody a kick up the ass again and maybe tip around the ear. We all got that long ago as kids. I certainly got it. Um, we had a garden down here, and he was a great man to sort you out. And if you went in home and told you a stone, so I won't mention his name, he's still alive. He gives out McCroom. If he's listening, he knows. I'm talking about him. But uh, he had a kick in the backside, and he went in home and told your parents, 
As somebody said to me, if you got a kick in the backside from the from the local sergeant or guard and you mentioned it at home, then your mother or father will give you a clip around the ear and say, Well, you must have deserved that. Absolutely. Yeah. My father, God rest him, was mentally at the time, so I can't find the bed for years. But, and they knew, the guys in Blanny knew that as well, so they kept me under the cash. I, I was born and reared three or four doors in Blanny Guard of Barrick, so. You know, you were, you were, I was born right in the village, so you were, uh, people know everybody and people look after everybody. It's different now, it's just changed. Do you know what it worries yeah. me about today, Dennis? The, it's the respect seems to be gone. That level of respect that was Completely. there. You know, you, you, you certainly when I was, was growing up, you had a level of respect for anyone, for certainly for older people. It, seeing a guard out would put the fear of God into you. It's just, it, like, because to hear that this challenge is being aimed a lot of the times at members of a guard this year called us, it's like, we've, we, I don't know why it's happening and it's not with all young people because I know when, when I give off like this, people will say, oh, don't tire all young people. There are some fantastic young people out there but there's just a small minority of them and it's just they've we've lost respect in society which is a real shame Absolutely and like I, I, I want to reiterate again there are some fantastic young people out there and I know a lot of them and they're living up next to me here <clears throat> some fantastic young people well reared but again Trish I, I've always said it and I'll say it again monkey see monkey do yeah. if you if you don't see respect at home I think you don't respect people it's very simple yeah. I was reared up in a house of respect and on my aunts and uncles lived around the place and they all respected we, all the neighbours respected one another and by God I can tell you if I came in home even though my father was an entity if I came in home and uh, you know disrespected somebody I got it I can tell you that my, yeah. my mother was a quite country woman but I still got it can't remember how but I definitely was was chastised in all certain terms anyway all right, listen. You're doing okay, and that's the main thing, Dennis. Ah, well, it was a, it was, am, yeah. it was a yeah. pleasure to to chat with you. Stay safe and uh, keep bringing Rocky out for your walks. Oh, so right. best we can anyway. You mind yourself. God bless. No problem. Bye bye. Bye bye. But a lovely man, Dennis O'Donovan from Blarney, and shame, shame on whoever that gang of pups. Uh, were because I think to hear him say he's now nervous to go out in the evening time with the, with the dog that's just absolutely uh, shameful. Uh, somebody says that those people this was earlier into when we were when Simon mentioned it earlier this was Michael and Barry Barry Row said those idiots that are coughing at the guards and at Simon Harris should be put into jail for a few nights that would quieten their cough. 1850-333-103 The C103 Cork Diary is a free service to help non-profit organisations all over Cork. So, if you're a community group or a charity that's holding a fundraising event or meeting, send us the details at least one week in advance and we'll tell Cork all about it. Email info at c103.ie The Cork Diary With Cork County Council Supporting businesses, supporting communities Serving Cork Visit corkcoco.ie C103. I'm going to Bandingar, the station where I'm joined by Crime Prevention Officer Sergeant James O'Donovan. Uh, good morning to you, James. Good morning, Patricia. Uh, and you are welcome. Now, you want to start by talking about COVID-19 and crime. Yes, I suppose, Patricia, it's unusual to be talking to you at this time uh, about COVID-19. I suppose, first of all, I want to highlight to the, to the people, your listeners, that we're after restructuring our organisation um, to help the communities in this um, hour of need, so to speak. 
We have proactive tours. We are involved in community support. And we're over the current weekend coming, we'll be putting an operation order in place throughout the division where there will be a high visible guard presence over the weekend at the beaches and parks and popular visitor spots just to ensure that the, the HSE physical distance guidelines are being adhered to. And I think it's very important to get that message out there because this is a fight against COVID-19 and we all need to play our active part in that. Yeah, and people just need to, you can still go to beaches, you can still go to parks, but if you arrive at an area and car parks are full and you realise there's a lot of people there, then turn around and go home. Yes, go find a quieter area to go for your walk and to get your kids out of the house for that couple of hours during the day. We will have um, the divisional roads policing units utilised and we will be diverting traffic, if necessary, away from busy spots. You're, you're not prevented from going to areas, but if the area is very busy with people and it's, it would be near impossible to, I suppose, adhere to physical and social distancing guidelines by the HSE, then, then we're asking people to move on. Um, use a bit of cop on. Don't be going to areas where everyone is. And I know that the weather is after getting fine. We're after the last couple of days. It's, um, it's unusual that the weather's well, thankfully it's after getting good, but I suppose in the circumstances, people would be going out more. And I'm just after getting a phone call there from one of our, our patrol units and they're asking me to remind people with their property that are going to the beaches or going to the areas for the walks, leave the properties at home. Don't be leaving them in the car such as handbags and mobile phones. Put them into the boot or leave them at home. Because unfortunately, so unfortunately cr- criminals don't care about COVID-19 and picking it up or not, and unfortunately. So uh, you, you need to still be aware of that wherever, yes. wherever you're going and people still need to be mindful unfortunately there is people out there that will take advantage of uh, situations or any situation and we just want people to be very mindful in relation to their own property when they're going out for these walks but they have to be and I have to stress this they have to be mindful of the crowds that are going to be there and to adhere to the HSE guidelines in relation to social distancing Now we know that scams and frauds are continuing and people are actually using COVID-19 in order to try to scam money out of people there's a new community support forum that's been set up. Yes, there's a new community support forum in, uh, with our local authority here and Inspector Eno Callaghan from Bantry is our representative from the Cork West Division. Again, there's a load of vulnerable, vulnerable people in our community that need to get vital services to them. With the local authority and ourselves, we are um, actively involved with Meals and Wheels, community alert groups, GA clubs and many, many other community support groups that are currently volunteering their time in getting food and prescriptions out to these vulnerable people. I suppose in relation to that, I just want to touch on um, people just need to be careful that if you are getting support from these support groups, have an appointment, have a prearranged person that's going to come to you and don't answer the door to anyone that you don't know. Because again, unfortunately, we may have people that may take advantage of this situation. And if there is suspicious activity, call the Gardaí, call your local Garda station or your local district headquarters and let us know. And we... We, again, we're after restructuring our organisation to get that support out there for people who may feel vulnerable in any position. And you're suggesting that if somebody knows of a vulnerable person, let the local guard the station know who that person is? Yes, we are okay. after coordinating a, a number of support groups here together. And I suppose we certainly don't want anyone to fall through the cracks, so to speak. So if you know of an elderly neighbour that might, um, might need support from the community support groups, contact us and we can put those contact support groups 
uh, community support groups in contact with that person and we'd be able to assist ourselves with the delivery of uh, any necessary requirements that that person may have. Now I've just been speaking with um, Dennis O'Donovan, um, a man in his 70s, a very fit man in his 70s from Blarney but he had that awful incident on, on Monday of you know, a gang of youths and somebody coming over and coughing into his, his face. I mean frightening thing uh, to happen and I was making the point parents need to step up here um, James and know where their sons and daughters are particularly in the evening times. De- definitely and we are asking parents to be aware at all times where their children are because look uh, the worst case scenario is that if someone uh, does contract the COVID-19 we need to do a trace um, with all those people that those people have been in contact with and if parents are unaware of where their children are or anyone else in their family is it's very difficult for the, both the HSE and other agencies that are supporting the HSE in these times to do that contact list uh, back down the road to make sure that everyone is going to be tested and look I suppose I know people are at home and the children at home at schools have been closed for the last two weeks. It's very important for people to get the fresh air, to stay in contact with their friends over social media. Mental health will be very important and to be mindful of people that if they are at home, to get out there and, I suppose, get that fresh air. But always bear in mind that you have to adhere to the social and physical distancing advice by the HSE. I suppose I want to touch on one other thing as well, and it's for the people's safety out there that are out for their walks. Be safe, be seen, get your high-vis jackets. I know the the hour is going forward next weekend and we're going to have extra daylight in the uh, time in the evenings and the evenings are getting a bit longer. There'll be people out walking for longer times, but I cannot stress enough, it all comes down to physical and social distancing advice from the HSE and we want people to be safe when they're out there going for their walks. Okay, and we saw the Gardaí graduating from Temple Moor, the young Gardaí graduating early. Have you, have you, is there extra Gardaí out and about? I, I, I have a sense when I'm, I'm around and I'm, the, I'm not out that much, I'm, I'm staying at home as much as I can, but I seem to be seeing a lot of more Gardaí out on the beat. Yes, um, as I said at the outset there, Patricia, we're after restructuring our shift pattern here to meet the needs of the community at this time. So we now have uh, uh, a number of Gardaí from the, 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 the Divisional road policing units doing patrols. We have uh, an one unit we have uh, distributed a- across a number of other units, so there is more personnel working at any one time from the point of view that we have more patrols Brilliant. out there and ensuring that the community know that, look, we're there to assist them at any time and obviously we'll answer to any cause in relation to crime. We ourselves have seven probationers, I suppose, our probationer guardie that came out of Timbermore starting here. We had four this week. Right. And we have another three next week and they're being um, allocated to stations great. around the division. It's great. And it's fa- it's it, fantastic. It's going to be a great benefit. Okay. To and uh, the, stay safe yourselves um, uh, because you're as, as risk as much as anybody else and, and we need our Gardaí and we need you healthy and safe as well and free from the virus. Thank you, Patricia. And yes. just one final note and yeah. I, it would be remiss if I didn't mention it. I would like to thank the public um, for their continuing support. I know our Chief Superintendent here is very grateful for all their assistance that they've been giving us to the various support groups and uh, for the vulnerable in our communities and at any time just to pick up the phone and contact us. Yeah, we'll all get through this but we'll get through it together. James, thank you. Thank you. We'll thank talk you, again. Bye-bye. That right. is Crime Prevention Officer Sergeant uh, James O'Donovan based at uh, Bandon Garda Station. Hi Patricia, my property tax was due to come out of my bank on the 21st of March and it hasn't. Do you know why I do? Uh, the reason for it is that Revenue announced early in March, I think it was, that they're pushed, they've pushed back the date of the local property tax 
tax for this year, obviously for the coronavirus. And it's the date now it will be taken out is the 21st of May. And obviously it was to allow for people who uh, were temporarily laid off. So anyone who was expecting local property tax to go to your bank account on the 21st of March, it didn't happen. I'm well spotted, can I say to that listener, who's obviously been doing some online banking. So it's the 21st of May instead that you need to have the money in your account. 1850 We're looking for your pet questions as well, please, because uh, Jane Pickett, our resident vet, will join us over the phones. We're not having any any of our um, people in, in studio. We're trying to do social distancing as much as we can. So if you have a pet question, something wrong with one of the animals in your house, let us know and we'll put it to Jane in the next hour. And we'll also catch up with your uh, calls and comments. And we'll go to Bear Island and see how the lovely Eileen is getting on with her self-isolation. Every Friday, we're counting down to the weekend, the weekend. by turning up the Feel Good. C103's Feel Good Friday brings you six hours of Feel Good Greatest Hits. Join Nick Richards from 1 and Martina O'Donoghue from 4 as we get you weekend ready. Weekend ready. Turn, turn, turn. Turning up the feel good for Cork. For Cork. Every Friday from 1. Feel Good Friday, only on C103. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Can I give you an update on some issues that have come in and just this clarity on one uh, this was Joe in Dunmanway remember Joe in Dunmanway contacted us she's trying to pause her Sky Sports subscription because obviously there's no live Sky Sports at the moment and uh, she was having huge difficulties getting through to them online actually somebody says there's no point trying them online because somebody reckons they're closed that they've tried on several Hi Trish I tried on several days to contact Sky and I'm told it's closed until next Monday so there's no point doing it by phone but then we had a couple of people contact us to say it's very simple to do it on if on the app as I had suggested as you go in and you can freeze it but somebody else has said if you ring the Sky Ireland number it's an automated service to free your Sky Sports I did it and it's very easy so there's another way for people people to do it and then when we were so you go into an automated service by ringing Sky Ireland if people want to try that and then Mary obviously heard us talking about Sky And she got on to say that her sister-in-law, who is a woman in her 70s, is housebound for 95% of the time. She got a letter from Sky last Wednesday to say she hadn't updated her visa card details and her payment couldn't have been processed. Bank of Ireland couldn't do anything about it. So Mary said, we spent days trying the phone number on the letter, but no joy. Obviously, nobody answering the phones. Sky have now cut her off. We've tried registering online. She doesn't have Wi-Fi herself again, but no joy as she's at home with no Sky. Is there anyone who could give us a number that we could ring to get her Sky back up and running? And a number, please, that somebody, a human being would actually answer it. Thanking you. Okay, we've got Sadie is on to the case to see if she can get through to Sky for Mary, for the sister-in-law and see if we can either get it sorted ourselves or some way get a number that Mary can ring on behalf of her sister and all get it sorted because if you're housebound at the moment a lot of people are relying on TVs and watching TVs and suddenly if your TV taken away from you during uh, during this period of isolation would be very difficult so hang in there Mary and hopefully we'll have some news for you Hi Patricia says Mary we're hearing a lot about people who misbehave 
And this is tying in with Dennis O'Donovan who joined us. Dennis talking about what happened to him with these uh, young fellas and somebody coughing into his face. Just a shameful. And, and then that led us to talk about antisocial behaviour. My question being, these individuals who are caught in the act of any type of antisocial behaviour, particularly this coronavirus challenge, as it's called, and they've no regard for life, their own life or anyone else's life. If these same said individuals, once apprehended, were put to work in a public arena, painting, cleaning up dog poo, just generally cleaning up the area, and made to wear special clothing to show the general public of the offence committed. I think it might well have an effect on them, these would-be lawbreakers. They would kind of put some manners on them, says uh, Mary. If we had them out kind of on a chain gang kind of a thing out and uh, and everybody would know why they were doing it. And Mag says, Hi Trish, I was listening to that gentleman Dennis O'Donovan speaking about somebody coughing into his face. You're right, respect is so important. Did you see the programme on the guards last night? This is the one, the K district, the district in Dublin. Now I have to say I've been watching a fantastic programme on Virgin Media. Missed last night's but I've recorded so I, I Hopefully I get to watch it later on today. But anyway, uh, Mag said on the programme last night, when the guards rang the parents to come and collect their children from the guard the station, they said they either couldn't get through to them, they didn't answer the phone, or else when they did get through, the parents were out. So sad as some children didn't have proper parenting. And then when the guards brought them home, in one particular case, the mother says, you're not going out again. The young fellow she was talking about was 10 years old and he was out late at night. If we don't lead with good parenting, it's our children and society as a whole that suffers. And it's a sad fact of life. Most children are good kids and they don't ask to be brought into this world. It's our responsibility as the parents. Absolutely. You're so, so right. And Max, thank you for that. I look forward to seeing that edition of the programmes. As I say, I missed it last night. 1850 The doll has agreed to interrupt its business at eight o'clock tonight irrespective of whatever item of business has been conducted. What are they doing? They're going to join in the national moment of applause for frontline workers of the vanguard of Ireland's COVID-19 response. Eight o'clock tonight, they're asking everybody, wherever you are, if you're self-isolating, you want to do it in your living room, round of applause for one minute. If you can go out to your front door, it'd be lovely the idea of everybody standing out of their front door in their gardens, all the neighbours could hear them. And they just want everybody out and they want everybody, round of applause at eight o'clock tonight. If you can remember that, set a timer to remind yourself and get everybody out and see if you can get everybody out in your community as well. It would be lovely. Social distancing being obeyed, uh, of course. Now, calls in relation to caravan parks. The government have moved to clarify. The, the, you know, they closed all the caravan parks and this got mentioned uh, the other day and campsites, etc. The government want to clarify the situation. The only caravan parks that are to close are the ones related to tourism as part of the COVID-19 emergency measures. It's after a number of local authorities contacted the housing department over concerns about people who live in caravan parks or who live in caravans. The owners of these parks are asked to ensure that people residing permanently are allowed to remain. Okay, so it is only caravan parks that relate to tourism. They are the only ones that are closed. Mary was on to us wondering will the government allow extra for elderly for phone allowances? They're using their phones a lot more particularly during the lockdown. Is that something that the government might consider? They have so much on their plate at the moment. I know they're considering the extension of the fuel allowance haven't heard anything about extra for for phones but if you think elderly people are struggling 
and are afraid to use their phones because of phone bills then it's up to us to ring those elderly people to make sure that they are okay and Chloe was on or Chloe my apologies Chloe I think that's your name Chloe was on to say she had to ring the ambulance service last night now it was for her husband she was afraid that her husband might have COVID-19 and so she rang the ambulance and she contacted us today I don't know what part of Cork City or County Chloe was in but she contacted us to say would we ever say a big thank you to the ambulance people who called out. She said they couldn't have been more wonderful to Chloe and to her husband while possibly risking their own lives because they didn't know when they came to deal with Chloe's husband whether he did have COVID-19 or not. So, he, yeah, and that round of applause that we're talking about at 8 o'clock, that of course includes the ambulance service who are just going above and beyond the call of duty for sure. Well done to all of the ambulance services. Somebody says, Patricia, what's the story with four homes in Mallow? Can you still go there or not? Now, this came into us yesterday as well. We had some people on about this. People refer to it as four homes. It's the co-op superstores, as is is as is as is its now correct name. They're temporarily changing the way they operate business. This kicked in from yesterday, Wednesday. The retail operations, a co-op superstore from now. They're doing a call and collect service only. They're striving to continue to offer loyal customers essential supplies, which are farm supplies, hardware, pet food and fuel and they want to do it in a safe way. They're safeguarding the health of their dedicated staff, their families and their customers is the priority now and they feel that these measures are the only way to ensure that. You could call your local store to place an order and then they will confirm collection details. And they said us that they're continuing to review this and they appreciate your cooperation during what is a challenging time. So it's call and collect. So you just ring up your local co-op superstore. We were getting in calls about the Mallow one, but of course there are other co-op superstores around the city and county. Ring them up, put in your order and then they'll give you a time slot, obviously. And then you pull up to the door and you'll pop the boot and the lovely, lovely staff that they have at Co-op Superstore. They're such a friendly bunch, certainly the gang in Mallow are, and they'll pop out and uh, with your items for you. Everyone is just different ways of doing business, isn't it? George in Butterfield, oh, he paused his Sky Sports. He did it online. He said it was very easy. You go into your account online. It said, just Patricia, as you said, you paused it. It worked fine for us to let people know you don't have to be paying for your Sky Sports at the moment. Neiman Mallow says, I was at a petrol station yesterday and while the station supplied gloves, people were leaving the gloves they wore, putting them back under the glove box where the new gloves were. Why are people doing this, says Liam in Mallow. Go home and dump your gloves or there'll be a bin in the garage. Dump your gloves in the bin in the garage. People are spreading the virus more by doing stupid things like this. And Jerry and Fomoy, also on gloves, says, yeah, well done to those businesses that are providing gloves for the general public. But some people think if they're wearing the gloves, that'll stop the spread of the virus. Jerry said, I've seen people walking around, opening doors, then touching surfaces, then touching their faces. You have to treat the gloves that, like they're your hands. You have to sanitise them too. If you're moving around, there's no point. The gloves touching doors, touching objects. You've just got to be so careful. You've got to treat the gloves like they're your hands. So people, please use the gloves wisely. And just to let you know, we have contacted the HSE about the home help issue. If somebody cancels their home help for the duration of the pandemic, does that mean they go back on the waiting list? We've also, by the way, are waiting on an answer back from the Cloyne Diocese and the Cork and Ross Diocese regarding confessions. 
Oh, we have an answer back on this one. Thank you, John Paul. God, he's as quick as a flash. The Diocese of Cloyne when it comes to confession because we have people on saying they want to go to confession and some churches are open during the day. We're hearing of other churches that are completely locked up but people are wondering what happens with confessions. The normal schedule, this is from Cloyne, the normal schedule of confessions in churches has ceased for the time being. The faithful should not approach a priest seeking confession in the coming weeks unless there is a specific urgent spiritual need. If a priest is approached by an individual seeking the sacrament of reconciliation all the recommendations regarding hygiene no handshaking social distancing etc apply priests should hear the confession in a large space with a penitent at a distance of two metres it's recommended that the priest and the penitent should remain standing if possible as a way to keep the confession short and the Diocese of Cork and Ross on confessions at the moment Normal schedule of confessions in parishes is paused. We are all in a very fluid situation and we cannot second guess when things will return to normal. They say the best advice is to stay at home. So that means confessions gone uh, right across the two dioceses across uh, Cork. Uh, 1850-333-103. Lines open. The C103 Cork Diary With Cork County Council Supporting businesses, supporting communities Serving Cork Visit corkcoco.ie The St Vincent de Paul office at New Road in Mallow Now they're open for food distribution and assistance requests at the following times until further notice Monday and Fridays be Monday and Fridays between 11am and 12 noon and then on Wednesday afternoons between 3 and 4. Uh, St Vincent de Paul in Mallow can also be contacted at 022 50188 or 086-269-3571 where you could leave a message and your call will be returned. Let's take a look at some of our cancellations. Ballinhasse Community Development Association, their fundraising Kaylee is due to be on in the Marion Hall on Friday. That's been cancelled. Ballincollig Vintage Clubs event scheduled for next Sunday is off. Fundraising event for Jers Spillane due to be held in Kilbehany next Monday cancelled. And Carrigaline Mokra, they've cancelled their dinner dance due to be held in April. And if you've got a pet question for Jane Pickett, our resident vet, can you get that into us, please? Uh, because Jane will be joining us over the phone after half past uh, 12 uh, today. Somebody's one, Maria's wondering, are civic immunity sites still open? And I know John Paul is checking, that, checking into that for us to see if the civic immunity sites are still open and if they're open at normal times or is it reduced times? And a caller was on, her just talking about confessions and she, she got a confession over the phone from her local priest. Okay, so some priests are definitely going above and beyond the call of duty. Eileen from Bear Island is back on with us to see how her self-isolation is going and what kind of a week she had since we spoke to her on uh, yesterday week. Uh, Good afternoon to Eileen. Hello, Patricia. How are you? Oh, well, I'm very well. And I'm looking out at lovely blue skies and it's a lovely <laughs> spring day and it's 14 degrees where I am. What's it like where you are? Oh, my God. I was just saying to John Paul, I was out in the garden actually when the phone rang. I was doing a bit of digging. I had my wellies on and I was digging. I'm trying to plant a few, you know, carrots and onions and stuff. Um, and it's after, I'm absolutely roasting. It's the, there's some um, heat off the sun today. It's beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. And is that yeah. is doing planting some carrots and stuff? Is that on your to do list for today? Uh, well, it wasn't actually because um, it wasn't on my to do list for today. But I'm doing it because it's such a lovely day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and but, how, um, how how have you been managing? Oh, I'm 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 fine. It's just we've been, um, you know, Bear Island has been. I'm afraid. Um, you know, uh, we've had so many people coming onto the island, which is very frustrating for us. Um, 
that um, the ferries are now curtailed uh, because of it, you know, and we're just asking people to stay, please stay away. You know, people yeah, didn't I seem don't to take any, any, you know, um, there was a notice put up asking people to stay away and um, they weren't doing it. And it's very frustrating for us, you know, the people of Bear Island, uh, you know, I'm talking about now. I mean, we have about, I suppose, about 160 residents and I'm talking, including myself. And we are, you know, we are the people that matter in here. We're the heartbeat of the island. You know, and we don't want any heart to stop eating because of coronavirus. So that's why we are asking people just stay away. You know, this is the one of the most friendly islands on the coast. But for now, just stay away. That's all we're I, saying. I people. don't know if you were listening to me earlier. I was speaking with uh, Martin O'Maloid from Cape Clear and he was saying the same thing, that they're just so disappointed. Well, we are as well. We yeah. really are like, because not alone are there people of my age on the island, but there are also people with um, health uh, issues. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah. I mean, we have a wonderful community in here. We really have, and we have some wonderful young people, you know. There was a young girl here, uh, Leanne is her name, and she posted up a post there at the weekend asking people to please stay away, you know. That's all. Because so we have, the, uh, we have a great community, and we have a vibrant community. We have some wonderful young people, young families here. But um, but that's all we're saying to people for now. Just and your problem is your problem is you're so far away. If you needed to access healthcare, yeah, that's yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's mean, the big have, issue. We have our own uh, okay. nurse in here, but I mean that poor woman. You know, she's pulled dragged here, there, and everywhere. And we have our healthcare workers, and you know they're working flat out and doing their best for people. We have Gemma who drives the rural transport bus across to get our shopping. So we're, we're so lucky here with the support we have for our community. And and that's you, the way we want to keep And it, you want our to community. stay COVID-19 free. Yeah, that's what we want. That's what we want. We want to come out of this, you know, intact and to say to people, you're more than welcome. And there will be days, Patricia. And I firmly believe this because, you know me, if there's a wind I whistle into it, I'm the, the, I'm the, I'm the optimist, <laughs> I, you know. And um, I, I, I do firmly believe that we will we will come out of it. And, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm isolated here. And don't get me wrong, I have days when I'm down. Okay, yeah. I get you know, and Sunday Mother's Day, I was feeling a bit low. You know, there's an ache in my gut for my family, but you know, we're a very close family. But I can't have it, so you know. And I, I cried, and but I'd say to people, you know, if you want to cry, cry, but cry it out, and then refocus. You know, get back to. And are you doing. still getting up every day, getting dressed? Oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah. You have to. You have to do this. I know isolation can be debilitating. It can be mentally exhausting. But please, please, I'd say to people, just, you will find things, you know, do you know what's great are jigsaw puzzles? You know what I have now? My son gave it to me, a jigsaw puzzle of a plate of beans. <laughs> a plate of beans? Yeah. And, and it, how many pieces? It's mind-boggling. <laughs> how many pieces? There's 52 pieces in it. <laughs> 52? Oh, yeah. But it's mind-boggling because it's a piece of beans and every piece kind of looks the same. But, but, you know, you put things like that and they test your brain. They you do. Know what I mean? They do. And you know, another thing I wanted to say, you know, I, I get frustrated when I see young people acting the idiot, you know. And I, I'm, 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 I must say to them, I cannot understand, like, what is wrong with them. I really can't. I mean, if they think back, you know, to their grandparents, great-grandparents, great-grandparents, some of those men were sent off 
they were given a gun and a bayonet and a tin hat and they were sent off to war. You know, they and were? some of them died in rat-infested trenches all over Europe. I mean, I'd say to young people, all you bring us to do is don't go socialising, stay at home. You know? And I mean, young people are so, like, they're so much at their fingertips now with technology. You know? Why don't they, why don't they, you know, why don't they research coronavirus? Yeah. A few of them get together on the internet and research it. You never know what they come up with. And today, because of technology and because of apps on phones and all yeah. of that, I have uh, my young niece, she's a 20-year-old living with me at the moment, and the other night she took off at 8 o'clock. She said, oh, I'm having a party in my room with my friends. And of course, I said, you do what? She said, we're doing it online. And they all hooked up onto this one particular app. They were all able to see each other, six or seven of them. And they and the peel, I could hear the laughter coming out of the room. They were all in their own homes, all in their own yeah. bedrooms. And they whiled away a couple of hours and that's how they were staying in contact. And I just thought, you know, that today's generation are lucky. They have so many ways to stay in contact. That's what I mean. They that's don't need mean. to be out, out socialising with each other. Yeah, They don't. And they have to stop this. They really do. They have to, like, if you have younger siblings in the house, help your parents, look, you know, amuse them. And, for the, and then for the rest of us as adults, there's loads of jobs around the house we can be doing. Oh, for God's sake. I mean, I, I find, you know, my day goes by so fast. Does it? <laughs> it does really, you know. And I mean, it, like today now is a wonderful day and I've got to go for my walk. And every, you know, I went for my walk yesterday and I picked a bunch of primroses and it was so lovely. Yeah, I put them on the kitchen table and there were the smell of them and they're so lovely. And I feel, you know, this morning I got up and I said, you know something, you're so lucky. You're alive and you're so lucky. Look where you're living. And I looked out and I saw the geese over in the field, sheep over in the field. You know, things like that. I am so lucky. And I think that's what we should say each day. We're lucky to be alive. You know, we don't yeah. want any. And I think, you know, another thing, I, 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 I'm always thinking, thinking, thinking. But I think, you know, all the political leaders, all of them should get not get together. But issue a joint statement saying we're all together in this. We're all for the good of the country. You know, we, we all Ireland just, is, I'm sorry, Patricia, but Ireland is a great country. It is. And we know? will get through it. And tonight, of we will. don't forget we're not to, going to... We're not going to hold up a white flag and be defeated by this, you know. Tonight at 8 o'clock, you have to, we've to all clap for a minute. I, I heard you say that, 8 o'clock that, tonight. Yeah, I, well, yeah I, but they should, the whole of them, don't mind your differences. When this is all over, you can pick away at each other's scabs again. But for now, just make a, issue a joint statement that we're all in this together for the good and show the rest of the world that Ireland isn't just a country of bloody leprechauns and shamrocks and um, Guinness, that we're a proud country, you know, and that we're going to stand together in this and fight it. Like Axel Foley said, stand up and fight and stand toe to toe. And that's what we should do. Uh, on that positive note we leave it we'll check in with you again next week we'll let you all get right. back to the garden your all breath right. of fresh air God bless All right. stay Patricia. safe stay much. safe the lovely, bye bye. Bye. the lovely Eileen from Bear Island her her, her line about that uh, when there's a wind she whistles into the wind <laughs> I'd never heard that before it's terrific okay that's our that's our moment of our weekly bit of our weekly dose of Eileen to get us all into into good mood and to stay positive and that's what we need to do we all just need to uh, stay positive if you've got uh, pet questions uh, please get them into us I can see some coming in we'll be talking with Jane in a couple of minutes 1850 just let me look and go quickly through just a couple of more texts that I just want to respond to hi Patricia please don't call out my name I was at the doctor's last Wednesday as I have a bad chest infection and a cough that was caused 
caused by the infection but it thankfully has cleared up now as I've been taking antibiotics for it but I was told by the doctor that I had the symptoms of COVID-19 but I didn't have a fever I got a text message for a test tomorrow in Mallow at 4 o'clock I'm just wondering should I go or not as I'm feeling fine now listen I would 100% go they are there is a small cohort of people that they're still calling in the majority of people their tests have been cancelled but anyone who gets a test take it please take it and go please God you sound like you're fine you sound like it was just a bad chest infection and everything is okay but I would suggest the fact that you've got the appointment to please go in please go along tomorrow and and we wish you good luck uh, with it I was talking about long nails and that we've all been advised to get rid of the long nails and men have been told to get rid of their beards but he says the women will all have beards shortly it won't just be the men with the lack of hairdressers and lack of beauticians actually I think we have a hairdresser coming on tomorrow offering words of advice of what to do now that you can't get a hairdresser's appointment so if you have any questions to do with the hair getting out of control we'll hopefully have some answers for you Donald says question for you please if the the HSE say there's no point in wearing masks as they're only effective to wear if you have the virus. Why are the testers wearing the masks? I thought the very same thing myself. Donald, I have to say. 1850 333 103. Hi Trish, that lady Eileen out on Bear Island, doesn't she sound like Alice Taylor? I could just imagine the two of them together in a room having a chat. They both are a tonic and we all need that now. Do you know something when I spoke with, because it was, it was last week Eileen contacted us to say I'm self-isolating and she said she'd come on to have a chat to say what self-isolating was like and we got such a reaction to her that we said we'd check in with her every week to see how she's getting on I thought the same thing when I was talking to her I said it just felt like I was talking with Alice Taylor actually there's a book in Eileen from Bear Island as well for for sure thank you for that Um, Hi Patricia the number here for this is for Sky 0818 Five zero zero three two three. I rang this number this morning to change my subscription. I had to answer a few automated questions, but after four to five minutes, spoke to a lovely girl, and I got sorted in a few minutes. Says uh, Greg. Oh, thank you. You actually spoke to a human being. We've had so many different people interacting with Sky and they're all doing it in a different way so you know I know it's frustrating when you can't get through on the phone but there are other systems certainly do seem to be uh, working thank you for that uh, Craig Hi Patricia this is Sally I got my two postcards the free postcards that have been sent out by Ampost and you can send them anywhere free to anywhere in Ireland wouldn't it be nice to send them to people who are living alone and maybe feeling a bit lonely at the moment just to know that somebody is thinking about them. That's what I did to Sally. That's, you know, Sally, that's a lovely thought. And I straight away was going to send one of mine to somebody and I'm not. I'm going to send it to somebody who lives alone. Thank you for that. Thank you. You've put somebody into my mind that I'm sure could do with a bit of cheering up. Thank you. 1850 Hi, this is Yvonne. Just wondering if, if as an idea for somebody with a refrigerated van, if they would consider doing mobile a mobile shop slash delivery, even for just during the COVID, as COVID-19 is rampant, I certainly would be prepared to, to pay. I'm sure the elderly and self-isolated would too. Just a thought, kind regards, uh, Yvonne. So kind of like a mobile shop that would pull up outside your door. I don't know uh, how many people would be interested in that. Lots of businesses um, are, If Yvonne, if you're struggling to get items, lots and lots of vis- businesses are doing delivery services. Now, the delivery services are extremely busy. And of course, we remind the elderly and people who are self-isolating and people who are feeling vulnerable 
people in any way. If you have a problem getting any items, let us know because we have got lists upon lists of community groups in all areas across Cork City and County of people who are only too happy uh, to help out. 1850 Going to take a break and we're back with uh, Jane Pickett, our resident vet. If you've got a pet question for Jane Get it into us, please. You can call either John Paul or Sadie on 1850 333103. Or you can text her WhatsApp 0862 103 103. Egg Foyle Mark, quid then in here is Farlin. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze. Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. And Jane Pickett of the Island Wood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group, joining me online this afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Jane. Hi there. And you are very welcome. How are you doing? How is the how are how are vets coping with COVID nineteen? Oh, you know, I think it's it's difficult on everyone, everybody in every sector of society. I think we all just kind of have to battle through and do the best we can and try and isolate ourselves and, and keep keep our distance. I suppose that us as vets, um, we're trying very hard to just minimise contact except for where we need to. So uh, most vets around the country now are just doing emergencies only. And that's to keep, I suppose, everybody safe as regards vets, but to keep the public safe as well. So we all kind of have to play our part, even if it's a little bit awkward at times. The, so, the social distancing exactly. yeah, has to happen. OK, uh, Caroline says, hi, my Labrador 10-year-old is a bit chesty, a little bit wheezy. Should I be concerned? Okay. I think potentially, yes. If it's an older dog, I suppose we always are a little bit more concerned because they don't have, let's say, the reserves um, and perhaps a little bit more fragile than the younger dogs amongst them. Um, I think if he's a little bit chesty, 
the best thing to do at this point, I suppose my usual advice would be pop to your vet for a full physical exam, but I know that a lot of us are a lot more restricted with what we can do at this moment. I think as long as he's generally bright, well, happy otherwise, I think give your vet a call, have a chat with them about their, their kind of recent recent history, letting them know how they are. Also, if you've ex- if, if an important thing to think about is whether they've experienced any cough recently or if there's any sneezing or discharge from the nose. Um, so they're all important things to keep a little eye on. I think one thing I would say is just keep a little eye on the breathing when they're when they're not, let's say, having a wheezy point. And, and sometimes a really helpful thing you can do to help vets is to count how many breaths that you're seeing in a minute. So each kind of rise and fall of the chest is one breath. And if you can count how many breaths there are in a minute, that's really helpful information. So at this point in time, I think give your vet a call. Have a chat about the recent history. I think certainly it's something that does need to be investigated, but I suppose given our current restrictions with the, with the coronavirus, it might be a little bit more challenging at this point. But your vet to be able to give you a, a good idea of how serious it may be, and if, if he needs to be seen, then I'm sure they'll be able to arrange that. So I think it's definitely worth investigating. Have a have an in-depth chat with your own vet, and they'll be able to guide you a little bit better. Okay, Noreen has contacted us. She has a cat uh, who she it's it's a four-year-old cat. Uh, she's noticed that the cat. Cat's stomach has started to get bigger as if she's about to have kittens. Her oh. cat has been neutered. Is it possible she could still be pregnant? Um, I would say no. I, I would first make 100% sure that she is neutered. So if you've had her since she was a baby and you took her for her operation, then, then the jobs the jobs are good. And, but if, let's say, you rehomed her from another person or she was a rescue cat, just, just make 100% sure with wherever she came from that she was spayed prior to coming to you if she hasn't been with you since being a baby. Um, just to make sure. Cats are very good at, uh, at having lots of babies, so it's really important to get them spayed. It's a great responsible thing to do. I think there are other causes of, let's say, a bigger belly. Sometimes it's as simple as, let's say, a slim cat eating a very large meal. Um, sometimes that can cause swelling of the belly. But I think it is really important to note that apart from, let's say, pregnancies or just a full tummy post-eating, there are some other more serious conditions which can cause quite a, a big belly. Um, sometimes it can be a buildup of fluid in the belly. Um, that can happen for all sorts of reasons, whether it be a problem with the kidneys or the liver. But I think there, there are certainly more serious things that I would expect in, in usually older cats. And this sounds like a, an otherwise young, healthy healthy cat. I think clarify about the spaying. Make 100% sure that that's been done if she hasn't, if, if she hasn't been with you since day dot. Um, and then I think ring your vest and have a chat with them about just her normal habits, her eating, her drinking, whether you've ever noticed any other symptoms. I think if she's bright and lively and acting like her normal self, that's an encouraging sign. But if she's a little bit listless down in the mouth, maybe her appetite's not what it once was and that's definitely something that needs investigation. And, and also, just keep in mind, it could just be that the cat's putting on a lot of weight. Is the cat eating somewhere yeah, else? That's a really good point as yeah, well. They yeah. can sometimes, particularly now, I suppose with everybody home, if, if let's say your cat is a, an outdoor wandering cat, if he's being, if she's being fed by all and sundry and making the rounds every day with everybody at home and um, having lots of snacks in multiple houses that's another reason why we might yeah, get quite a lot of weight you have to keep that in mind as well okay yeah, uh, but if 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 100% Noreen took the cat to the vet the cat the cat was neutered a neutered cat can't get pregnant no, no. I think very very rarely we can have uh, we can have let's say an incident it would be incredibly rare now where a little bit of the ovary which is where the eggs that turn into the, the kittens come from um, if there's a little remnant of that left behind which can very rarely happen 
then we might see that the cat might kind of come into heat, want to get pregnant. But, but if the womb get, isn't there, right, it's yeah. not really possible, no. no. Okay. Now, Joan says, question for the vet, please. Is it okay to mix dry bread with nuts for my dog or would I be better making it into a wet solution? It's a Jack Russell Collie Cross. Hmm. I think with the with the bread in the first place, I'm not sure if if really there might be any necessity to mix bread with the food. I think if your dog is quite comfortable with eating the food and, and let's say there's not any other issues like let's say any any evidence of pain while eating, not wanting to crunch crunch the normal dog nuts, then I, I wouldn't really see any reason to go softening it up um, and making it a watery solution because a lot of the time the more crunch we have in our dog foods, the better it is for our dog's teeth. It helps to, to kind of reduce the tartar burden long term um, so their oral health is a lot better. I think if there's some reason you want to add the bread in um, to bulk it up, I think maybe there's, there's potentially, I suppose, it's quite a starchy thing. It's quite a starchy thing and it's quite calorie heavy. Um, so I'd be concerned that it might just be quite starchy for them. It's a big change as well going from a dog nut onto some bread mixed in, but also it can be quite rich on them. And I think just being very mindful of their calorie intake um, which I think sometimes we, we underestimate because we think of ourselves eating a slice of bread as nothing, whereas for a for small dog, dog yeah. it's, it's, oh, it's the equivalent of like having a, a, a burger. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's it's, it's a much bigger calorie um, burden relative to their size. So I think just have a little think about why why you want to add the bread in. Um, I think, again, if you have any concerns or there's a specific reason that you're, you're wanting to add that in to soften it up, have a chat to your vet because sometimes it, if we know a little bit more of the history, it can tell us whether there's something in the background and might be causing problems for example with teeth or or causing discomfort whilst eating but I think my, my recommendation would be the best thing to feed is a complete dog food um, a good reputable brand and generally I wouldn't recommend softening okay. in an adult dog Alright and one very final quick one could you recommend something for a Bichon Freeze whose eyes weep around the eye area it's brown the dog is on a good diet a clean okay. around the eyes but it isn't clearing up Okay so staining, isn't it? Staining, yeah. So sometimes in white dogs, we see some uh, uh, almost a staining on the on the hair itself, and that's just what the what the tears do. They kind of discolor the the white fluff. In let's say a, a different coloured dog, you probably wouldn't notice at all. I think it's generally not a major issue, as long as it is a kind of a, a clear discharge from the eyes, and we we seem quite comfortable. So there's not a lot of blinking going on, or one eye isn't being held closed, and just to make sure the discharge coming out of the eyes is not, let's say, a creamier colour or um, a greenish colour and that the whites of the eyes are nice and white. So I think if it is just a little clear fluid, it's coming out and staining the hair. There is is stain removers that you can get. I know several vets will stock them in their shops. Sometimes groomers will as well. And that can help just to wipe away the staining a little bit. But I think the important thing to just remember is there's other causes of of weeping from the eyes, whether that be an infection or a scratch on the eye. And it's important to have a chat with your vet about that. All right, listen, have a good week. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for joining us, Jane Pickett from the Island Wood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket. Before I go, somebody is looking for the Sky to cancel your Sky subscription, the number that we gave out, 0818-500-323. is the number. That's where I have to leave you for today. Uh, my thanks to John Paul and to Sadie for taking your calls and thank you to everybody who contacted us. Another very busy programme. We will be back with you tomorrow morning at uh, 10 o'clock. Stay tuned though. Nick Richards is with you for the afternoon. Stay safe. 
another reminder to everyone to follow the public health advice and keep following the five key steps. They are vital to protect us all. Regular hand washing, coughing etiquette, not touching your face, physical distance and staying at home if feeling unwell. Working together as a country, we will come through this emergency. We will succeed and better times are yet to come. We live in challenging times. Look out for each other and stay safe. Be responsible. Follow COVID-19 guidelines and stay with us. We'll update you with the latest advice and measures from official sources. We're online, on your phone, smart speaker and radio. C103. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.